Well, hello again and welcome to our podcast here at St Mark's. We are rounding up our series Life Out Loud with week six. And we've been on a journey looking at what it means to speak out and live out the good news of Jesus in our time and in our place. So a very quick recap of the last few weeks of this series. Week one, we looked at the example of St Mark the Evangelist and asked the question, why share Jesus? In week two, we asked, well, what is the good news? And we looked at how it's multidimensional. It's historic, it's personal, and it's cosmic. It changes the world around us. On week three, we were talking about telling all our friends the good news, starting with those right here where we are, at our home. And then week four was about the importance of telling our story and the difference that Jesus makes in our lives. And then week five, we were looking at how the gospel isn't about just us, but it's about justice. And to model the gospel is to use our influence, our experiences and our skills to challenge unjust structures in society, both locally, but also globally. And in this final episode of the podcast, we're looking at adding fuel to the fire and looking at being empowered for evangelism. I'll give you a little spoiler alert. Uh, We're going to move into a new series starting next week um, as it will be Pentecost Sunday. And our series is going to be called Life in the Spirit. Uh, But today is quite a good segue into that as we jump from one theme, Life Out Loud, into the next, Life in the Spirit. Because it is the Holy Spirit who is the fuel for evangelism. I don't want to give away too much early before we start the next um, series. But we have just celebrated Ascension Day. And it marks 40 days after Easter. uh, The 40 days in which Jesus appeared to numerous people after his resurrection, once even to a group of over 500 people. And it's on Ascension Day that we recall Jesus ascending in bodily form into heaven. And we pick it up in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. And it's the passage I'm going to read for us now. Jesus taking up into heaven. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over the period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates that my father has set by his own authority, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Wow, what a scene. If you've been picturing that in your mind's eye, up, up and away. I love that description of the disciples just staring up at the sky. They're sort of like jaws dropped. And these angels appear to sort of knock them out of their trance and tell them to crack on. And we now find ourselves, in the church calendar anyway, in this place between 
Ascension and Pentecost, waiting in anticipation for the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit is available to us right now. And that's what I want to talk about in our episode today. Anyway, have you ever borrowed something from someone and either not given it back or not wanted to give it back? Perhaps the best thing that I have borrowed was a tandem bicycle uh, for a sermon illustration, in fact. And the only thing is I had to pick it up from a neighbouring village just outside of town. And I had to cycle it home to um, our house and then off to church the next day. And it was properly dodgy and incredibly hard to ride, even solo, let alone with a partner, which I did try with um, limited success. But hey, borrowing that tandem bicycle, I was following in the footsteps of Jesus. Jesus was born in a borrowed manger. He preached from a borrowed boat. He entered Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He ate the Last Supper in a borrowed upper room. And he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And he didn't stop borrowing there. Even after his death and then his resurrection, he comes back to borrow more. Some might say, yeah, that's a bit cheeky. But I think it was genius. And we pick it up in our Acts 1 passage, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then he was taken up. So how is Jesus going to complete his mission? To see the gospel taken to the ends of the earth if he has ascended. Is he going to shout from the clouds, drop some Bibles from a plane, pop down every other Wednesday to help with morning alpha? No, he's going to do a Jesus classic. He's going to borrow someone to do it for him. Jesus is essentially asking to borrow the lives of his followers to reach the rest of the world. And he's asking that of us too. If you think back to our third episode in our series, we looked at sharing the gospel message, starting with the people closest to us in our Jerusalem. If you missed that, why not go back and have a listen to that episode on the podcast? Our Jerusalem is symbolic of our home, our immediate family, our friends, our neighbours, our work colleagues. And like for the disciples, it might be the place of our greatest failings and our fears. But unless we start there, our wider mission to spread the good news may never get off the ground. And if the thought of sharing the gospel in these places fills you with a little bit of fear, then let me say that Jesus wouldn't ask to borrow you for his mission and his purposes if he didn't think that you were the perfect person for the job. And he doesn't send you alone. It's never just us. So Jesus is asking to borrow the lives of his followers to reach the rest of the world with the good news message that he's alive, he's risen, he's at work in the world today. And he can be known. If I tell you how you can be empowered for evangelism, are you up for the challenge? I hope so. If so, keep listening on. Here we go. Week one of our series, I challenged uh, you to start reading the Bible. Start by reading the Gospel of Mark. And I know that a number of people rose to the challenge and that's gone particularly well. Well, I'd love to set you another challenge and that is to read the book of Acts, Acts of the Apostles. The book of Acts is really part two of the Gospel of Luke, written about what happened once Jesus had left the task to his followers, but not first without sending the power pack by which to do it, the promised Holy Spirit. Ultimately, the book of Acts is the account of the Spirit of God doing his thing in the midst of a world intent on doing its thing. 
It's an amazing read and even better to be part of the story all these years later. And that's the beautiful thing. We are still part of the story of Acts. The Apostles received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. More on that in our next series. And what follows is a jam-packed story of talk and action. There are riots, demonstrations, arrests, shipwrecks, humour. But running centrally through it all, the golden thread is how Jesus borrows a bunch of his mates to tell the world the good news. It is all about evangelism in the most natural sense. And it's true for us today. We too need the power of the Holy Spirit to make this news real and relevant to all who hear it. So what can we learn from the example of Acts for today? Well, firstly, we need to know that this is a life of adventure. The Holy Spirit empowers us for a purpose. And firstly, that is for us to know Christ, to help us know Christ. That was my experience when I was 14 years old, receiving the Holy Spirit. It moved from head to heart. I was empowered, I was filled up, but I wasn't filled with the Spirit to keep it to myself. The Holy Spirit also empowers us to make Christ known. When the Spirit came at Pentecost, they all became witnesses because they all had a story to tell of an encounter with the risen Jesus. The Spirit is the moving power, the energy, inspiration and strength behind all evangelism. The Spirit is the one who guides and equips us for that mission. And for the recipients of the good news, those who hear it, the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction and faith to people who don't yet know Jesus. So the Spirit's so often there already, already at work. And our participation in evangelism is simply to be the messengers. Now that tandem bike that I borrowed, it's a great way to explain how we can go in partnership with the Holy Spirit to be empowered for evangelism. Now with a tandem bicycle, you have a captain at the front and a stoker on the back. And the captain's job is to steer and manoeuvre the bike and take it where it will go. And the role of the stoker is to get the bike moving and provide drive from the back. So to ride a tandem is to work in partnership. Now, in my unfortunate experience of riding a tandem in the past, it seemed that the captain and the stoker weren't really working in sync, and the result was a great struggle in keeping the bike upright, let alone moving in any particular direction. And in conducting some essential research into riding a tandem, I came across the following in a helpful blog. It said this, Tandem riding, from the stoker's perspective, can be exhilarating beyond comprehension or terrifying to the point of cardiac arrest. A thrilling descent at 60 miles an hour can instantly turn into a multi-week stay in a local trauma unit if the tandem captain is inattentive, inexperienced, careless or otherwise stupid. You know, that's kind of what puts me off. I don't know any captains who are experienced enough for me to really trust. And the above statement certainly makes me totally unqualified to be a captain. So what's this got to do with the Holy Spirit empowering us for evangelism? Well, I think the tandem bicycle experience is a great illustration for what it means to follow the Spirit's leading. When we are willing for Jesus to borrow us, we get to join in with God's mission in the world. And in mission, we join in with what God's doing. We are the body of Christ, the church, present in the world and witnessing to new life in Christ. Because Jesus is alive today, there is hope for our neighbours and our town and our country and our world. And God's beautiful kingdom is breaking through and bringing light and life into some very hopeless, dull 
and dark places. And this great mission is a co-mission. Jesus, before he ascended, gathered his disciples and he sent them out in co-mission, in partnership with himself. By his Holy Spirit, he brought the church to life at Pentecost. Are you with me still? Here's the crazy thing about it all. God could just ride solo. I mean, he's God. He could do mission quite nicely without us, but for some bizarre reason, he'd rather ride tandem with us. Now, I said that I couldn't think of a captain that I trust enough to control the direction of travel, the brakes and all that stuff on the tandem. But in God's great and beautiful mission, the Holy Spirit is the captain. He's the most experienced captain steering the bike and we're called to hop on the back and be the stoker and do some pedalling. And when you think that the role of the stoker is to get the thing moving by pedalling, it feels a little bit less of a stressful task. But truth is, you can't get the bike moving by doing nothing. You have to do something. You have to take some courage. You have to make some movement. And if we're going to be borrowed by Jesus, we need to get those legs moving because as we do, we get adventuring. So where might the Holy Spirit be taking you to? What about you? You know, maybe he's taking you on a missionary journey. Maybe for you, that's to be on mission in your Jerusalem, here at home, where you are, amongst your friends, your family, your colleagues, in your sports club, wherever you find yourself. I love that we've got people in our church because they got invited by someone else who simply started pedalling on the bike and the Holy Spirit was already at work in their lives. We've got people who have come to faith in Jesus, have been baptised and are now serving on team just because someone got pedalling and said, hey, would you like to come to Alpha? Would you like to come to church? And maybe this is a place for you to get pedalling with those around you. You know, maybe God's calling you out on a bit of a further ride, a longer ride. Perhaps you're a wandering evangelist. You know, you might sense a particular call to talk with anyone and everyone about Jesus, sharing your faith and offering to pray with people. Maybe he's given you a strong heart for justice and you want to work to change lives and communities in just really practical ways. And again, it takes some peddling to get there and see what doors open for us. But they will if the captain is steering, and if we're obedient enough just to start pedalling. Perhaps the Spirit is wanting to help us with early steps in personal evangelism. This isn't simply about having the confidence to share the gospel, but also to seek the guidance of the Spirit. I've had moments, and I think of one not too long ago, on the high street, and a lady just started talking to me, and I was thinking, why is she talking to me out of all these people? Just started sharing some of the struggles in her life, and I just felt the Spirit's prompting, offered to pray with this lady, and I just sort of said, I'm a Christian, I, I, I pray, I believe prayer changes things, can I pray for you? And I just led a simple prayer right there on the street with her there. You know, maybe the Holy Spirit um, will guide us guide you in similar ways. Our responsibility is to listen to those promptings. And if they seem sound, if they're encouraging, if they're kind, if they're biblical, then to act on them, using some wisdom to know how to do that. You know, it might be that you feel a prompt to go and pray with someone, or to offer some practical help, or to write someone a letter of encouragement. Don't don't hesitate, crack on and do it. Get peddling and do something. Allow God to work through you as you act in obedience to that prompt and you may get the opportunity to speak the good news to that person but it may simply be that God's got a different plan 
You know, we just pedal. The Holy Spirit is the trustworthy captain who does the steering. Perhaps the Spirit is bringing you on a journey of adventure with the whole church. In these last nine months at St Mark's, we've had to learn to throw our plans out of the window to allow God's plans to flourish. You know, we've found, for example, that a number of people in our local community on our estate are really open to the gospel and exploring a relationship with Jesus further. And this is helping us focus our efforts where the Spirit is most evidently at work. And so where the Spirit's moving, we see new life springing up. Lives and communities are being transformed. You know, when we are willing to exert some bold energy and pedal, we'll see things that others before us only dreamt of witnessing. As each of us do our bit peddling, we really will see the church released to live for Jesus, not ashamed to speak out about Jesus and to live this distinctive lifestyle. We'll see Christians living out real faith in every sector of society, in healthcare, education, business, voluntary sector, every school, college, where Christians are going to have a reputation for practising what they preach because they allow the Spirit to do the pre-prep and take them where he's already at work. We'll see people encountering Jesus for themselves, being prayed for on the street, being healed and coming to faith. And we'll see greater things than this. And as fun as it all sounds, I know it's just the beginning of a call to be courageous and get pedalling. Riding a tandem is like learning to ride a bike all over again. To start with, it feels kind of uncomfortable, gets your heart racing for all the wrong reasons. But as time goes on, it becomes far more natural. And that's the thing with evangelism. It's not meant to be forced. It's meant to be completely natural. But it'll only start to feel that way when we start pedalling and give it a go. You know, we might only be human, but thankfully we've got the power of God to help us on this adventure. When we speak the gospel, the good news of Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is revealed in our own time and in our own place. We just need to keep the main thing the main thing, to know Christ and to make Christ known. You know, Jesus wants to borrow his followers, and that includes you and me. But if we don't speak... If we don't act, if we don't pedal, then Jesus is dumb and silent. But if we do, if we're willing, we'll see Grimsby, we'll see our communities changed. So, how can you be empowered for evangelism? Receive the Holy Spirit and get pedaling. Let's do that now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, you've given us a great commission. What a privilege to go with you, to see where your spirit's already at work in people's lives, to join in, to speak the gospel, to live the gospel, to be the gospel. But we know we can't do it alone. So we pray that you would fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. And right now, wherever we are, we long for you. Would you fill us up? Come. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us.